superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Kendrick Perkins, what do you see when you look at the Bucks? I see a dumb team. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And I say that respectfully. They're missing the IQ. Savage, man. The Rich Eisen Show. When Giannis makes the jump shot, watch the Brooklyn Nets spin. Today's guests, three-time NBA champion B.J. Armstrong, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel, host of the Right Time Podcast, Bomani Jones, plus MLB insider Jeff Passan. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Alrighty then. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. It's the open of the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines today. It is uh, the Thursday right towards the end of an Eastern and Western Conference semifinals in the NBA, which went off the hook yesterday. And we've got so much to talk about on this program today. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. You can uh, see us on NBC Sports on Peacock every single day right after Dan Patrick is done taking you to Brother from Another at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time uh, to get Peacock, PeacockTV.com. If you're listening to us on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, terrestrial or satellite or listening to us on Odyssey streaming as coast to coast, we say hello, good morning or good afternoon to you wherever you are. Hello, Chris Brockman. Good to see you over Hey, Rich. There. Great to see you. Just like in the Madden trailer. Just like in the Madden trailer. <laughs> hey. hey. oh, we'll talk about that on the show you today. did it. Good to see you over there, Mikey Del Tufo. Good to see you, Rich. TJ Jefferson, yes, I was thinking of you last night. Understandable. Understandable. Oh, was I thinking of you last night. We were thinking of you last night. Chris Brockman and I, we left you off the text exchange. I was wondering why I did. I was, I was like, well, I'm no. not getting my phone silent. You know, no. I kept it charged but just we, for that reason. What we were ready to do was to call the authorities nearest your house uh-huh. and knock on the door to see do if you check? were okay. That everything was all right. Look, Rich, I mean, we had the Mets, we had the Sixers, TJ, Clippers, two t- out of three ain't me, bad. Let me handle all this, TJ. <laughs> let me handle all of this. Idiot. So, yesterday, hmm, yesterday, we were thinking of TJ Jefferson, Sixers, Clippers, Met fan. Because just as Jacob DeGrom, had completed three perfect innings and damn near what they call immaculately perfect innings. Nine up, nine down, eight of them strikeouts. And he comes out with right shoulder 
tightness, soreness. Oh boy. Hmm. But just at that time, I'm, you know, seeing everything going up. Sixers are up 26. Jeez. So at least he had that to fall back on until the roof caved in. Ugh. Now, I, you know, see all sorts of news involving, you know, stuff outside of the sports world. And I did see there was a Supreme Court case decided in the that uh, in the court today that did involve the city of Philadelphia. Um, the court cannot be petitioned to shorten an NBA game to three quarters. <laughs> wow. Can't work. Won't happen. A Sixers team that was up by, I believe, 18 in game four, only to lose it. Up by 25 points at one point. 15 points with eight minutes to go. 10 points with five minutes to go. I'm starting to have flashbacks. Keep going. Holy crap. And Seth Curry and Joel Embiid are the only Sixers to score a field goal in the entire second half. Not a single other Sixer put the ball in the hole from the field after halftime. Ben Simmons, are you kidding me? Hey, Ben, he's going to have to sit here and listen to the entire NBA and sports world wonder what Stephen A. Smith did, in fact, tweet out last night on one of his famed videos as soon as a big game is over. Does he work on his game? Excellent question by Stephen A. Smith. Excellent question. Does he work on his game? Does he work on shooting from the perimeter? Does he work on shooting from the free throw line? I'm sure that one, that question has got to sting because he's got to. I mean, he's got to work on it. He's got to realize that this is a major problem. That's how the Hawks got back in it. Good old hack of fill in the blank. Still works. Mm-hmm. Still works now that the NBA, however, forces you to have to wait until a certain period of time till you do something like that. Because it started making games in the end of the second quarter unwatchable. In the middle of the first quarter, unwatchable. Remember those days? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Simmons, 4 for 14 from the free throw line. Terrible. Zero from the field in the second half. But Tobias Harris, too, zero from the field in the second half. But Simmons only took one shot from the field in the second half. He was 0 for 1. He just, poof, disappeared. And I don't want to hear it about the Doc hate. I know it's coming. I hear it. I know it's coming from within the house, too. What? That guy who has a banner, thanks to him in many ways. I thought you went to Sixers' house. No. In our house. Our house. No, I'm just pointing out, hey, look, these things tend to happen when Doc is on the bench. I've seen it. It's not just that. I mean, we could go down the litany of what happened towards the end of the Clippers' reign. But is it Doc's fault that somebody's not making a shot from the field? Are you kidding me? Coach can only do so much. Uh, I mean, the coach can only do so. Now, much. defensively, was a, a horror show. Forty points in the fourth quarter is insane. That's insane. That's insane. That's insanely they had forty stupid. in the first Trey half. Young can't just stroll up to the elbow and get an open shot. Right. Got to knock Slash him down. Into the rim. We saw what he did to the Knicks. I get it. He can. He's tough to stop going to the rim, and he's tough to stop when he's heated up. But if he's getting open looks. 
you know, notes to Sixers. This kid is coming into his own. We've got a new superstar in the NBA in the making. And that's number 11 in your program, number one in Atlanta's heart. That's Trey Young. If he gets past the Sixers, one of my favorite storylines that we're going to hear about, as you know, I love fronting storylines that we're going to hear about. You know where I'm going on this. Because there'll be a couple of days between the Hawks potentially waiting for the winner of the Nets Buck series, or this does go to a seventh game, just like the Bucks are hoping the series with the Nets will go. Here's the storyline that's coming. Were the Hawks right to just let Luca go? Oh, come on. It's coming. Ah, come on. It's coming. Come on. It's coming. It's coming. Trey Young has better teammates than It's Lucas coming. Scott, I guarantee you it's on. coming. I feel it in my bones. It's coming. I've been in this business. I've made my bones in this business, Chris, long before <laughs> you played Atari, let alone appeared in a Madden trailer. I it's was watching Madden watching you back it's in the day. Coming. It's coming if he gets past the Sixers. It's one th- you are one billion with a B percent rate, Rich. Kid's amazing, man. Hey, God, if Gallinari's making shots, though, look out. Yeah, for real. Look out. I'm, uh, Lou Williams is Lou Will came one up huge. of the greatest in the shooters quarter. in any quarter. He's the one who sparked it. He sparked, he sparked it. it and, you know, that can't help the Clipper fan rooting for the Sixers. But at least, at least there is a seventh game. The series isn't over. We'll see what happens. Lou Will spent seven years with the Sixers, Rich. Let's not forget oh, that. Oh, no, I know yeah, that. Yeah, so. Hey, look. It was at that point that the Sixers blew it and DeGrom was out <laughs> that I texted Chris Brockman. <laughs> Maybe we need to have a seance tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe we need to have a seance tomorrow for T.J. Jefferson's sports teams because he needed it. Because here comes the Clippers. Here comes the Clippers, minus Kawhi, strolling onto the court in Utah. We needed a seance. You and I were coming up with ways we to have to some sort of That's why Mike Del Tufo, I asked you if you had a popcorn machine at home so we could <laughs> yes. use a popcorn machine <laughs> I get a as text, part I'm of like, a seance because you don't have a popcorn machine. Can, you don't have a popcorn I machine. I have a popcorn machine. The only guy that's got a popcorn machine is waiting for it on the prices right now, two months. <laughs> we were going to go office space and just like go outside go and outside. Like, smash it. Smash something, whatever. <laughs> The nice parting gift for T.J. Jefferson. We were we were going to use that to try and help him, but also zing him because he still is waiting for his parting gift from the Price is Right <laughs> that he earned. He earned every kernel of that popcorn machine's going to pop. <laughs> wow. What did I do? You didn't choose the middle key. But oh, let's here do you another, go. Day. Yeah, 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 another, another day. Another day. Because yeah, we were thinking we, TJ needs a hug. That was right around the time we were thinking of let's call the authorities see if he's okay. Well, because then coming. it was looking like the Jazz were, were taking control of the That's game it. and you were going to go 0 for, 0 for 3 with DeGrom but, yesterday. But. <laughs> Did but, we mention that the Mets got the dub? But. But. <laughs> kudos. I am pleased to be able to say this. I never got any pleasure in pointing out what was the obvious of him not stepping up. Playoff P. Showed up. Holy oh, cow. PG 
13 was rated X last night. (laughs) Sex. He was fantastic. Paul George minus Kawhi. We had Perk on this show yesterday, Kendrick Perkins on this show yesterday. And he did say that this series would be over in six minus Kawhi. We all thought it. And I even just just decided one last shot here with him. Like, what are the Clippers thinking right now in their Utah hotel room or what Ty Lue is saying? And he talked about how the Celtics once upon a time were minus KG and they pushed the eventual Eastern Conference champion Orlando Magic to a seventh game and did not win it. Well, that's the worst the Clippers can now do as a seventh game because Paul George was one of those Clippers that looked himself in the mirror and just like Game of Thrones said, not today. How about you, Paul George? The only NBA star whose name is half the Beatles had a little help from his friends. Marcus Morris Sr. and Reggie Jackson, they looked themselves in the mirror and said, not today. And those are words that Clipper fans rarely hear walked as well. They've heard it talked, but man, do they rarely ever see it walked, which is why I will say, and I feel comfortable saying this having been in this town since 2003 and knowing so many Clipper fans, present company excluded, TJ, I feel comfortable in saying that was the greatest win in the history of this franchise. Period. End o story. They've never made it to the Western Conference Finals. This team... Looked dead in the water against the Mavs to make this series, and then they lose Kawhi? And they lose Kawhi with an injury that appears to be so significant, they're going to lose Kawhi till deep into 2022? They absorb that information, go on that home court in that environment, and ball out like that? You can't just say in the Clippers, well, hey, there was this one time in the Western Conference Finals, there was that one time in the NBA Finals. Those don't exist. Those don't exist. Game sixes for Clippers fans are Bermuda Triangles. Strange poop happens against them. Last night, they looked into the abyss and said, not today. And Paul George is a guy... Who did it? Pandemic P, all of that stuff. The guy who was the man in Indiana and then was sent to Oklahoma City and then felt comfortable there and he was supposed to be the superstar there. Then we all know he decided to stay with Russ, smoking cigars, telling LeBron no. And we all wondered, what's he thinking? Staying there. He stays there. He doesn't do anything there. Lillard waves bye-bye to him there. And he waves bye-bye to them. 
saying, I want out. I want to go to Los Angeles with with Kawhi. And then we all say goodbye to them in the bubble last year, despite being up 3-1. Maybe this is his moment. How about you, Paul George? How about you? That was great. That was awesome. That was so unexpected and so terrific to see, with all due respect to Utah fans, Paul George, 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 37, 16, and 11. From the free throw line, he makes 10 of them, five assists, 37, 13, uh, pardon me, 37, 16, and 5. It might be the best game he's ever played in the biggest moment where it needed to happen fr- most. And the franchise's biggest one ever. Name me another one. Name me another one. You know him. Name me another one. Give me another one. Well, what I, can I, come I, close? I would say, you know, there was a, a game in uh, like 14 when we beat the Spurs in the playoffs and another great, huge, in Clippers lore, comeback against Oklahoma City. But when you said never been to the Western Conference yeah, Finals, yeah. that made me change my mind. It was like, you you know what? You're probably right. This is probably one. is the biggest. Name me another one. Kawhi's out. They're dead in the water. This Paul is, George isn't going to be able to do it. It was definitely the most satisfying win in and a long time. Ever? I can't imagine a more satisfying win. I, I know that they went up on, what, they went up on Houston three games to two before Paul George, I mean, before Chris Paul got hurt. Yeah. I guess. And I know they have been up three games to two before. Like you're talking about I a, get it, I get it, but this has got to feel different now. Yeah. Of course, Utah can come in and win the, win this next one, and then and then don't want to go back. What I'm man. saying doesn't age well, but I don't want to go back to Utah, man. No way, no way. Paul George has got to do it again. And but Friday night in L.A., amazing. it's going to be the first Clipper game with a full house. Staples is going to be packed. That's right. No cardboard cutouts. No cardboard cutouts. I don't. Unfortunately, though, I... You got that one, Hoskins? You know what I'm thinking. Uh, here we you go. know what I'm thinking, because there's no cardboard cutouts. And the last time we saw cardboard cutouts <laughs> in Staples, it was indicative of the way we felt about this series once Kawhi Leonard was hurt. <laughs> over! Uh, over. I don't know, man. Like You asked me that yesterday, how over. I felt. And I said, guys got to step up. And they stepped up. You know what? It was amazing. It was great to watch. Last night, we were wondering who could unlock the car <laughs> in game five without Kawhi. Who could look at all five keys and choose the middle one? Reggie Jackson. And Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris didn't and even see Paul what he missed. George. They got the popcorn machine. They got the ping pong table. <laughs> the motorcycles. They got it all. <laughs> the two Harleys and the telescope. <laughs> the telescope. And instead, this series is Electric not bike. over. Jeez. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, it's all about the Larry OB. TJ Jefferson alive and well today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And DeGrom says it's nothing. And Doc says they're they're, they're going to push it back to a game seven. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but I got to tell you, folks, right around seven thirty p.m. Pacific, ten thirty p.m. Eastern, we were all wondering where the belts and shoelaces in T.J. Jefferson's <laughs> house was. Still alive.
He that took he took all those shots. No, no, that's uh, that's Salazzo. Salazzo, oh, yeah. Salazzo. Yeah. Still a By the way, Rich, they took 15 shots. <laughs> Simmons missed 10 shots. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> By the way, I, I tweeted something about DeGrom after the third. I went, DeGrom has an ERA of this. He has this Dude, many DeGrom. RBIs. DeGrom's the best. And then he comes out the second I hit Dude. send on the tweet. Dude. I was like, what? nine perfect outs. He's the Almost best. immaculate. He throws three perfect innings, eight of them strikeouts, strikeouts, and then drove in another run again. That's what he he's does. his best run support. He's, he's given up 400. Dude, he's given up four runs as a pitcher, and he's driven in six it's, runs as a hitter. He is remarkable, and hopefully he's okay. That's what we're going to ask Jeff Passan in Hour 3 as everything going on with Spider-Tack Gate, Rosin Gate. Sunscreen Gate? Oh, gosh. Grip Gate. Yeah, Grip Gate. That's it. There it is. Yep. We workshopped it. That's why we're in the Madden Man, trailer. Uh, Congratulations, guys. Grip Gate. We'll talk about that with Jeff Passan. Everything we just talked about, Bamani Jones. Mike Vrabel uh, will be before Bamani in hour number two. But coming up next, we'll talk association with a man who's currently an agent. He's got some rings himself. B.J. Armstrong will be joining us next right here on this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Anthony Anderson, he's over there with TJ right now. He told a story. We're back live on the air, by the way. Put the photograph up. Yeah, we're back. Put we're the back. photograph up. Anthony, do you got, is he still wearing his mic? Okay, yeah, just real quick. Tell the story. Can you tell the story real fast? With that photograph. Oh, so we're, we're in Monaco at the International uh, Television Festival. Okay, let's put this. And Prince Albert. Yeah, and, and, and Prince Albert is, is 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 I'm friendly with Prince Albert. So when you're at when you're at the castle, when you're at the palace, yeah. you're not allowed to take pictures. And so we're taking pictures and they're like, they come stop me. And I was like, no, Prince Albert said we can take, I can take pictures and they shrink away. And so I go to every black person there and you saw the group of us, 50 Cent, myself, TJ. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, hey guys, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. <laughs> and they were like, what? I said, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. And they're like, okay. And they're like, when? I was like, you'll know when. So... Ten, five or ten minutes later, people were in various conversations. I was like, okay, it's time to take the picture. So I just give the call. Hoo! <laughs> and people were mid-conversations. And it, 
Oh, I'll be right back. I got to go take the bright picture. <laughs> so we all gather around the steps in the back. Oh, he's back picture one I, more I was in the middle of getting someone's phone number, too. <laughs> yeah, so we're in the middle, and we just, we go in the back, and, you know, we, we take a picture. Jesse Smollett, 50 Cent, myself, my wife, TJ. TJ Jefferson. TJ. Now of the Rich Eisen Show. You know, yeah. From, from, from Monaco to El Segundo. <laughs> Ah, yes. <laughs> the enigma that is T.J. Jefferson. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows T.J. him. T.J. has been improving every single weekend. He has been showing out. That's it. I like that. You always, you've always cut that down to just T.J. I like that's the better, that's the better drop. T.J. No, no, no. That, that makes no sense. The other one is the best one. TJ has been improving every single weekend. He has been showing out. He has. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. By the way, that was uh, that, that prince's that oh, picture man. at the palace yes. four years ago tomorrow. It was Is that right? June 18th, 2020. Do you have the actual wow. pic- that picture that's up there? That's the, that was the yeah. photograph? Yeah. Nice. We all got it. <laughs> Hootie hoo. Hootie hoo. I love that. What a story. Me and Fiddy. Look at the group. From um, Monaco to El Segundo. Look at that. <laughs> I love that. Job. Everybody. And so do, you, do you have the same suit still? Yeah. That really looks terrific. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the best trips I've ever had you, the you think? fortune to be on. Hootie hoo. Hootie hoo. I don't have any pictures on the steps of Monaco. I get, <laughs> I've never even been there. I know. I know that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show. One of our friends uh, from back in the day, and he helped us get through the pandemic. He was on the show quite a bit during that last dance and before all that um, last year. Um, He is an NBA champion, an NBA veteran, who is now an agent in the business, the VP of basketball for the Wasserman Media Group and world champion Chicago Bull back in the day from the Great Big Ten. None other than B.J. Armstrong back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, B.J. Armstrong? Oh, Rich, it's always a pleasure. Hope everyone is well. Thank you again for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. It was a pleasure. All all ours. I was just saying in the last segment, B.J., that could be the greatest win in the history of the Los Angeles Clippers because they've never been to the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, they've had big wins in in the second round before. And, yes, they, they have been just one win away from the – Western Conference Finals, like, say, oh, last year. But the way that they got their third win this time around was something else, certainly with Paul George showing up. I wonder what you think of this whole subject matter, BJ. Well, I'm telling you, this this playoffs has been it, – it's been a whirlwind, to say the least, Rich. I mean, there are so many unexpected things that we've seen. And certainly the Clippers heading into, you know, that game last night, I don't think anyone expected them to win. You don't lose a player like Kawhi Leonard, go on the road – in a very important game. Traditionally, these Game 5s, more times than not, the team who wins Game 5 will probably uh, win the series. So I think the pressure was really off of the Clippers. No one anticipated or expected them to win, and they go in there and play a terrific game in a hostile environment down there in Utah, and somehow, some way, they, they came up with the win with an opportunity to close this thing out. So uh, great job by those guys, but I think more importantly, no one expected them to do it. What do you think Tyler's thinking today? Right? What do you think the coach is thinking after seeing something like that? When the because uh, you you're having I, I certainly in the NFL you hear so many coaches saying the world is against us. The world does not think that this can be possible, and that's just a total exaggeration. Like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, but Ty Lue's spot on to say something like that to his team. There's no doubt about that. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, 
give the Clippers credit on this. They go on the road and they get a phenomenal, phenomenal, you know, performance by Paul George. And then, but let's not let's not take away from Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. Those guys came up big. They played very well and they shot the ball well. So more times than not, Rich, when you shoot the ball well, you know, it, it allows you to be in the game. It gives you an opportunity. Now, I think in Game Six, which is a closeout game for the Clippers. This is going to be the most difficult game. This is where you're going to miss your star player like a Kawhi Leonard because it's a difference than winning one game, but then it's another thing when you're talking about finishing out a series. So I think they're going to have to find a way to grind this game out defensively. I don't anticipate Utah to shoot as poorly as they did, especially in the second half there of this game, and they're going to play better. Okay, They're going to play better. They're going to play with a sense of desperation, knowing now that the next time they lose, they're going to be out. So it's going to be very difficult. I think they're going to have to find a way. I don't know how that's going to ha- what's going to happen, but I know it's going to start on the defensive end. They have to, they have, to have a, a grip of this team so that they don't have the explosion like they did, especially in the first half when Bogdan and these guys started shooting the ball well because now you know that first quarter can lead to a good second quarter, which can lead to a good game. So I think defensively they're going to have to really find a way to put a clamp on this team and really get a hold of them and really grind this game out. I know this is a a, a, a question that might be loaded to ask uh, of a, a teammate, a former teammate of maybe the greatest closeout athlete in the history of team sports, but what is so difficult about closing somebody out, B.J. Armstrong? Well, you, you know, the difficult thing is that the opposing team, right, these guys are very good. You don't get to the second round in the playoffs and you're not good, but more times than not, these teams have what we call – you know, in sports, you know, they have basketball integrity. You know, they don't want to go home. Okay, this Utah Jazz team, they were the best. They had the best record in the league for a reason. And it's not because they gave up when things got tough. So this team is going to bunker down. They're going to play, you know, every possession. And more times than not, they're going to play very well, especially on the defensive end. So, the, you know, the, the advantage for the Utah Jazz is they don't have to shoot well to win this game because they have – the defensive player of the year anchoring their defense. Now, to me, that's the biggest, you know, philosophical question that Coach Lou and staff are going to figure out. How, how are they going to deal with Rudy Gobert? Because they got to get him away from the basket doing what he does best, which is rim protecting. And if the Clippers shoot well, that's going to draw him out, which is going to allow them to play well offensively. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, moving parts in this game and I think it's all going to start with how are they going to attack Rudy Gobert because he is a problem you have to game plan for him if you're going to beat this Utah Jazz team BJ Armstrong here on the Rich Eisen show three-time NBA champion and currently VP of basketball the Wasserman Media Group on the Rich Eisen show here what's Doc thinking right now you think what do you think he's thinking right now Doc is thinking the same thing I'm thinking what is going on (laughs) like what is going on here like you put your team in position, they have significant leads, things look okay, and then all of a sudden the bottom falls out. You know, as I was watching these last two games for the, in particular this last game for the Philadelphia 76ers, it reminded me of a saying one of my coaches used to say, BJ, and he would say this to the team, guys never trust happiness. You could never trust being happy in the playoffs because things can turn quickly, especially now. A 20-point lead now isn't the same as a 20-point lead was 15, 20 years ago because of the three-point shooting. And you can see that you're never out of a game 
and that's what makes it exciting with you know this era of basketball. You can you can't be happy. These guys relax. Talking about Philadelphia, talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, they relax. They took the the foot off the pedal a little bit, and before you know it, you know Lou Williams and Trey Young and mm. Lelo Gallinari. These guys started shooting threes, and now they're not only back in the game, they figure out how to win the game, and they've done it twice now. So, um, you know, they they've won three games, two on their home court already. Uh, talking about Philadelphia's home court, and now they're going back home with a chance to, to finish it out. So, you know, Philly is – they're in trouble, and they know it, and they know they have to play mistake-free basketball now, and they got to do it here in game six or they're done. When you see Ben Simmons play, what do you think his issue is right now? What do you think it is? Confidence. It's just one thing. It's confidence. And, you know, it's one thing, Rich, that you – it's a lot of things that you can improve on and you can work on in your game. And you can you can improve your shooting, you can improve your passing, you can improve certain skills, you can become a better defensive player. But just you know, you you got to give the effort and energy. But which it's a it's one thing that very rarely you see. You don't see a player lose his confidence or her confidence uh, playing a sport or playing the game, and then that comes back. Now I'm I'm a little concerned because they're they're not guarding him at all on the perimeter. And he has the ball so much on the perimeter. And at some point, either he's going to shoot the ball and live with the results, or it's going to become a major problem for him. So um, he is a great talent, no doubt about it. He's a terrific player. I mean, size, he can defend, he can do so many positive things. But at some point in the playoffs, as you know, Rich, you've been you know watching sports for a long time. You know, Whatever weaknesses you have, especially in the playoffs, yes. are going to show themselves. And right now you can see – the, the one deficiency that he has in his game. I'm not even concerned whether or not he makes the shot. I just want him to shoot the shot. Have the confidence to shoot it because that's the right play at the right time. Because if you shoot it, it at least gives your, uh, at least gives your teammates an opportunity to offensive rebound the ball. Uh, or better yet, you might make the shot. So at least shoot it. But right now, he's not even <laughs> looking at the basket. He took one shot from the field in the second half last night, BJ. He was 0 for 1. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, again, I, I, it's now it's confidence. Now this isn't like, I know he's shooting shots. It's one thing I know you do in an NBA practice mm-hmm. is you, you get up your shots, okay? And so it, it's a little concerning because he's such, a, he's such a terrific talent. I mean, he does so many positive things, but it, why he doesn't have the confidence to at least shoot the basketball right now is uh, it's, it's, it's kind of baffling when you watch him play. B.J. Armstrong here on the Rich Eisen Show. And, you know, I'm going to throw an idea out, and you tell me how close to the truth you think it is, that um, the Brooklyn Nets are a more dangerous team now than they would have been if Kyrie, Durant, and Harden were all healthy because they know they could do it um, separately, and the other guys on the team are stepping up and performing in a manner that gives them confidence that when they do all get healthy and come back, they can just beat the whole damn world. What do you think of that, BJ? Well, Rich, you know, you're my guy. You're my guy, but I will say this. Um, <laughs> it's okay you know, if I'm wrong. Very difficult to re- it's very difficult for any player to, you know, repeat the performance we saw the other night by Kevin Durant. And that was an amazing, amazing you know, display of offense by a player. And, you know, I, I, I'm just like, I, I can't forget watching this as a former athlete going, okay, 
here's a young man that's coming off an Achilles injury, right? That's a significant injury. He really didn't have a significant time this season to really get into a rhythm and play and figure out his conditioning because of whatever protocols and, you know, injuries and things that he had during the course of the season. And then, Rich, he comes out in a playoff game, plays the entire game, has 49 points, 10 assists, whatever, I don't know, 15 or so rebounds, I was like, wow, like that, that's just an amazing like gut check, right? I mean, for him to be able to do that. But what I'm concerned about, Rich, as an as as a 53 year old man now, mm-hmm. what is he going to feel like the next day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, because he hasn't had time to really do this consecutively or get into that type of rhythm. Or what kind of conditioning is he in? So, I'm just concerned to see. I'm just as excited to see how his body is going to respond after traveling to Milwaukee now having a quick turnaround and play, and then maybe he might have to play a game seven. So incredible individual performance. I think it's important for them to have those three guys on the floor because it allows them to be versatile, but more importantly, allows the coaching staff to make changes and adjustments because that's what the NBA, especially in the playoffs, is all about. Well, I, you have to adjust. I, I can't depend on one player every night to have an effort like that. I guess I'm looking at it through the prism of I'm just assuming that they're going to advance. You know, because I just look yeah, at the way the Bucks play, I, I and it's just that there just seems yeah. to be something missing. I asked this of Kendrick Perkins yesterday, and I'm like, what's missing? And he called them a dumb team. He says they play. Who's I'm this? like, Brooklyn? Kendrick Perkins called the Bucks a dumb team. They play dumb basketball. Well, what he said. Well, I, 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 you know, those are strong words. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Um, I, I just think, you know, look, every team has its journey. And. The big thing, Rich, when you watch teams play and you watch teams play in the playoffs, right, you never know how people are going to respond under duress, especially in a hostile environment. And when you get in those environments, the most important thing any championship-caliber team will tell you is the execution of the game plan. And you can come out and you can miss shots. You can come out and not play well. The other team can come out. But you have to have a blended style of play, meaning you have to play – on the offensive end with some level of patience on the road, and defensively you have to establish something. When a man is making shots like Kevin Durant was making, that's tough because he was defended well, but he you know, he just had better offense that night. So I, I think the execution is the most important part of the deal, and a lot more times than not, defensively you have an opportunity to grind out a game if you play well on the defensive end. When you can't get a stop, especially a critical stop, Rich, it changes the complexity of the game. So we can talk about offense. We can talk about all of those things. But unless you get a stop on that other end, that's championship caliber basketball because the championship mentality is the following. If I don't score and you don't score, the score is still 0-0. Last game, Kevin Durant was scoring. (laughs) He was scoring at a high clip. And when he wasn't scoring, you know, other guys were stepping up, okay, scoring as well and shooting. So that makes it very difficult. That puts a lot of pressure on you. But all in all, Rich, you know what the positive was about that game? If you're Milwaukee, they still had a chance to win it. If Kevin Durant or one of those guys don't make those shots, maybe they still win that game. That's the positive. So I know we can say a lot of things, but I I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Before I let you go, BJ, in this entire conversation that we've had about the NBA playoffs, the number of times that you talked about just focusing and executing and making sure you play defense, certainly in in a hostile environment, 
Um, you know, I, I just keeps on reminding me of Jordan being the greatest player in those situations I've ever seen and trying to explain it to a younger generation that has so many great players to look at and see it in real time. Do you have a good story that, that, that from back in the day that would actually crystallize Jordan's greatness on the road, in a locker room, teammates looking at him, he looks at them and, and you know it's in the bag or, or what he says to you to get you in a similar mindset? Uh, to to yeah, to live in his universe on that night. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was uh, I was just reminded, you know, you know, Rich, I I don't really think about that a lot. Um, but I was for some reason, I guess they were showing an old clip of the Bulls versus Portland in the NBA Finals, and it was Game Six, and we were at home playing in a closeout game, and no one was playing well. And I think we were down 14 or 15 going into the fourth quarter. And somehow, some way, we get back into the game. And I just remember the excitement of Michael on the bench. Because you never see him on the bench at these critical moments of the game. And I remember we battled back in with our, with our bench guys. And, at, you know, Phil was talking and out of nowhere, I just remember Michael saying, and I can't repeat exactly what he said, but I remember him saying, Phil, if you put me back in this game, I promise you we won't lose it. And I, and, and I remember everyone just kind of looked at him. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I thought, wow, like he wasn't playing well. None of us were playing well. But the fact that he was still into the game and he didn't allow the fact that he didn't play well to affect his mindset was like, it was a powerful thing because, you know, it was like one of those moments where, you know, Phil probably would have just stuck with the group that was playing well because, I mean, we were, we were you know, tough. You want to at least give yourself a chance to win game seven. And he put Michael in, and all of a sudden he goes from not playing well the entire game to being the Michael that we were used to seeing. And I thought, what a, what a, what a unique, you know, quality to have that you're still – in tune with the game, even though you're not playing well. And that was just, to me, was just another example of how he carried himself, how he always prepared himself. But more importantly, winning was the only thing that mattered to him. He didn't care he didn't play well the first 40 minutes of the game. He was going to play well in those last four minutes. And certainly he did that, and we went on to win that game. And, and I think that was our second championship. Yeah, he was right, wasn't he? Put me back in the game, I'm not going to lose it. I remember it stood out because Phil was talking, and he just, like, interrupted and said that right there. And everyone just kind of looked like, okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Did Phil say go back in right there? Or did Phil just say? Phil was like, okay, let's go. Micah, you got Bobby Hanson, let's go. (laughs) One, two, three, and and as you say, the rest is history. That's I love that stuff. BJ, you're the best. Let's chat down the line. Let's uh, get you back on uh, conference finals. I love it. Thank you. Anytime, my friend. Be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Right back at you. The one and only BJ Armstrong. Mm. (laughs) It sounds so simple. Put me back in. I'm not going to let you (laughs) lose. I guarantee you we will not lose. We're going to win. You know, and Phil's thought, you know, Phil could just be like, let's just play this out. I've got a plan, whatever. Okay, you're in. Got it. (laughs) I'll play that. I'll play that hand. I'll play that hand. That's a good hand. It's a good hand. You know, the flop was a flop. The flop was a flop. The turn began to turn with the bench. Right. But I'll play that river card. Yeah. Why not? It's not a bad river card. Yeah, two, three suited. Let's oh, go. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've got. I've got. I've got outs. <laughs> yeah. I've got outs. I'll play that hand. I'll play that hand. We'll take a break. Come back here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Phone calls and yes, 
If you saw the new NFL EA Sports uh, Madden NFL trailer, you saw some familiar faces. nickname Showtime come from? Uh, it was my godfather, Troy Hawkins. Him and my dad, but really him. Every, they, they would watch me play, and I would make the diving plays and stuff like that in baseball, and they said it, it, that I was always, it was Showtime when I was on the field, and so they always used to call me Showtime, especially my godfather, LaTroy. LaTroy Hawkins. That is a name I have not heard in a while. Yeah, yeah. That's a Minnesota Twins connection with your dad, right? Yes, Pretty yes much sir. He, uh, he came up a little bit after my dad, and my dad kind of took him under his wing, I think. And then LaTroy ended up having a great career where he played, I think, 21 years in the big leagues. I mean, he played forever, it seemed like. And uh, he, I've, I've stayed in touch with him forever. He still comes to a lot of my games, even now. And uh, he, he's been someone that uh, has been a great, another great mentor for me. Okay, Patrick. Um, look, I appreciate you calling in here greatly. And I appreciate the text exchange that I had with you the other day <laughs> where you were gentle in rejecting my suggestion to give you a new nickname of the patrol. I really appreciate that, Patrick. <laughs> it, was, it was a good idea. I, mean, I just kind of was playing down the nicknames as much as possible as I, uh, at that point. So it's okay. Great. So you're saying... you're <laughs> saying works for you. No, no, no. Hold on a second. You, you're saying that it's not a judgment on the actual creativity of the nickname. It's just you attempting to be humble, tamping down any of the accolades right now because you're focused on winning is that what you're saying well yeah i mean just for me in general i mean it's it's all about the football it's all about the team and so i know that the nicknames are a cool thing to do with the social media and everything that's around right now but uh for me it's all about just being a, a teammate and someone that's just a part of this organization and a part of a team that wants to win so if you had an ego let's just let's just again let's put it in a box here you have an ego you don't care about being humble at all you're just you're just pounding your chest. Nickname of the Patrol. Do you like it? <laughs> be honest. Be honest. Uh, I don't know. I've had so, there's been so many nicknames that have came out lately, and uh, I'm just gonna kind of keep it at just Patrick right now. You're being polite. I like it. <laughs> uh, you're being. Yeah. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. That was fun with uh, Patrick Mo. Hey, man. I tried, um, and I failed miserably once again. I'm gonna give up that ghost. <laughs> I'm gonna give up that ghost. Until and, someone else and named Pat or say, Matt I will just along. say, I will just say to all the Pats and Matts of the world, I'm waiting for you. Show up, shine out, and see if you deserve it. I wait till I bounce the fantastic four off the head coach in about oh, uh, 20 minutes' think, time. I didn't think about that. Oh, I, I didn't did. think about it. How could you not? Rich, you I, gotta move on. You gotta move on. I don't know. I was just I locked in. You. you gotta move on. Vrabel will just go. What do you? What? What's your malfunction? You're actually using real estate uh, with me on that. You know. Oh, when you tell him his players love it. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We're back here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show. Oh, okay, everybody. So um, the new trailer for the Madden 22 is out. EA Sports Madden NFL 22 is out. Uh, spoiler alert, I was in the last game. Spoiler alert, I'm in the next one, too. Hey, now. <laughs> so, yes, you will see that. Big time daddy points. That's big time stuff. Your boys into uh, it's Coop, it's Cooper and the they, they play it and uh, they play it um, yep. on occasion. They will play. It. Nice. They will they will get the green light. Um, but it's when their friends tell them, "Hey, I saw your dad in the game." Right, right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, that's daddy points. I'll take it. And I love doing it. It's great. They're, they are oh. so easy EA people and A-plus to work with. So, uh, at any rate, um, did you know you were going to be in the Madden trailer? Well, I got an email heads up a couple weeks ago. So I kind of was like, what is this about? Who emailed you? Oh, you got you got the email, and then you forwarded it to yeah, me. Yeah, I got the email okay. about, hey, we need to anyway, do some clips. And so here's the like, first. Yeah. It's a two-minute long trailer. Matt, uh, Madden announced today that uh, it's Brady and Mahomes on the cover. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how they couldn't get anybody else. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, Matt, it's, it's Mahomes and Brady on the cover. And so we'll, we'll play uh, the first 30 seconds of the clip uh, for the radio audience. Uh, listen up for two familiar voices. Super Bowl. Ah. Nice job. And who knew uh, my least favorite part of our program, the poll question, would actually (laughs) put you in the Madden trailer, Chris. Congratulations. There it is. Who will win the Super Bowl this year? Now, if you knew you were going to be in the Madden trailer, would you have worn that same zip-up sweatshirt that you just, like, you stroll out of bed with, you wear 19 times a week? I would not have worn that, <laughs> had I known. That's why you never know. Well, I would have showed, come the, ready. You know, I would have showed the guns, maybe, Understood. a little bit. Understood. Nobody cares about him. <laughs> I, I just tweeted this out with the trail. I was like, I wish my son was old enough to realize how cool this is for me. I don't think this is a one-off. I don't think this is a one-off. Okay. I don't think it's a one-off. Okay. Just Welcome to the party, pal. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I, but we also have, uh, I do believe, you know, because Madden reached out and said, hey, we these are some relevant portions of your show right. that we'd like to use. And interestingly enough, the, just so you know, I have your back. They asked for some that I'm like, I don't know if he'd appreciate. And we have uh, we have some outtakes of that. Go Come on, thanks. Today, number guy. American Faroa. Anyone who's had chicken box. Jimmy Galapolo. Mo Hyman. Granky <laughs> joined kind of an exclusive group. Jimmy Galapolo. Peso Roblos. Odell Beckham. Uh, his, 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 man, that was rough. <laughs> and I'm like, that's. I don't think that's Come relevant on. for the Madden trailer at all. Is that what you and, and Mike so, were talking about around the yeah, corner? Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I got called into the teacher's office. I knew what I was going on. I came from the back, and those two are huddled around each other. I'm like, what's going on? Well, I mean, I'm either in trouble because I'm missing a day. I don't know what's going on. What do you mean in I'm trouble? Like, what are you I mean, talking about? No, I mean, put anybody no, in trouble. Not, you know, I'm not saying. You know what I those, mean. Those, you know, screw-ups were years ago. I'm just saying. No, I mean, but I just, I mean? just so you are aware, I have your back. I told Madden, I don't think that that is really our best foot forward. So why don't you use what your first choice was? There are a lot of one. buttons over here. <laughs> Brockman sitting behind my board. Still I, no, my favorite. I think that was the first day I was trying to answer the phone. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. There are a lot of buttons over here. Whatever. All right, let's uh, sneak in our friend Jeff in Detroit. Ben, uh, he's first in, first up. How you been, Jeff? What's going on, fellas? How's everything going? Jeff. Happy Father's yes. Day to all you guys. Same what you Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, What's buddy. on your mind? You guys put on a great show. Good hearing from you. Hey, listen. We were sitting there just doing a little hating at the barbershop, and they <laughs> came up with the uh, with, with this term, the hit squad for the Brooklyn Nets. And as I started thinking about it, it's more of a quit squad, in my opinion. 
Harden quit on the Rockets, Blake quit on the Pistons, Irvin quit on the Celtics, and Durant quit on OKC. Are we wrong in our hatred for the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I I I I think so, uh, Jeff. I mean, did Durant quit on OKC? I wouldn't say that. That's a that's a rough one. I mean, and and Blake and Blake. Sometimes you just got to look at your employer and say, I, 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 "This is not working out. Get get me out of here. You don't pay me." And he came on. He, I, I don't know. I might be a little harsh, but by the way, at least you, you know, just just tell the barbershop to lay off the haterade a little bit. That's all. <laughs> now, nah, Jeff, I think, thanks for the call, Jeff. Okay. I think Blake it. did quit on him for sure. No, yeah, but uh, I don't know about that, man. They sat him down. They told him you're done. Yeah, but before that, he couldn't. Mike Vrabel and Bahami, no Bo, Bomani Jones, <laughs> hour hey, two Uncle coming Rick. up here on the show. Hey, Uncle, hey, hey. Hey, Rich. Yes, sir. You're still on. What's up, Jeff? I got, yeah, yeah. I got one quick question. Has there ever been a better robbery in the history of the NBA than Blake Griffin to the Detroit Pistons? <laughs> I mean, that, much, that guy was just... Well, they coughed up Tobias Harris, no right? Man, no mask, no nothing. <laughs> take care, Jeff. You take care of yourself. You're still here on Peacock. Jeff said no gun, no mask. <laughs> That's a right. I... Blake, Blake was deactivated. They told him, go home. Yeah, I mean, look, he Blake went like, like two years without dunking the basket. It did, he, look, it did look like he was he came on. Much he done. came on the show uh, and, and, and thanked Arn Tellum for giving him the out. Blake made $95 million with the Pistons <laughs> <laughs> for no dunks. Harden, Harden quit on the Rockets. They could say also that yeah, they quit yeah, on him. For sure, for sure. Jeff's not too far off in the barbershop about that. I don't know about the Durant thing. but You know the, what we're going to do if the Nets advance, because we're full up tomorrow, and the Nets will find out if they advance over the weekend, and I think they will. We're going to have Shap on. Shappy had a fascinating parting shot on, on his show over the weekend talking about why do we look at teams like the Nets and super teams like the Nets differently because these guys were all acquired by a via free agency. And if they're drafted all together, it's just like kudos to that front office for seeing somebody in college and drafting him and putting a team together when the other way you can put a team together is – by free agency. Right. It doesn't matter. Interesting. And just so so why is we as a society tip the cap to front offices that draft well but don't when they free agent well. And as Ian Eagle points out, you know, and Jeffrey Wright the actor pointed out, the Nets had to lay the groundwork for Kyrie to say, "Okay." Yeah. And then Durant to join him there and then obviously Harden to say, "I want in too." It's a fascinating subject matter that this country in sports, we we applaud the drafting, frown upon the free agent building. You're so right. And it's kind of odd. And he pointed that out, and so we'll have Shop on to do that. Certainly since the Patriots are now one of those free agent builders, aren't they? Yep. Mike Vrabel, formerly O the Patriots as a player, now HC of the Tennessee Titans, coming up.